to the Starfighter Podcast. All right, welcome back. We are here to discuss the Falcon and Winter Soldier episode three. It's going to be a heavy spoiler review. As always, your co-hosts, Dom and Jake. And we have very exciting guests, Alex Broughton, returning with his wife, Celicia. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Great. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for coming on. So before we get started, for our listeners and viewers here on the channel, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Please continue to, you know, follow us, give us support on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you're not already, please subscribe to the channel, drop a like, leave a comment, join the conversation, and let us know if we might have missed something in our review um, and just how you liked it, how you may have not liked certain things from this episode. But we're going to break it all down here. And so what I want to do is um, let's give our quick initial thoughts, but let's start with Celicia. I know um, we didn't get to have you on WandaVision, but I know that you're a big fan of that show. Um, So if you want to give us a little bit of your thoughts on that show and then compared to where we are now with Falcon Winter Soldier. I loved WandaVision. As you can tell by my shirt, it's a Wanda shirt. Um, (laughs) Very cool. I really liked the show, um, that show, because it was very mysterious. We didn't really know what was going on for the majority of the show. It wasn't very good for the theorizing, obviously, because it was a breeding ground. (laughs) for all the conspiracy theories, but I enjoyed that. I thought that was really fun. Um, and I just thought it was a whole different realm of the Marvel universe we haven't really been able to explore yet. And a lot of Easter eggs, so it was very, very cool. Um, probably one of my favorite shows, more than some of the movies even. I just, I really, really liked it. That it was really well done. Um, I'm very excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Not as excited as I was for WandaVision and not as hyped for it. But um, especially with this episode, seeing some of the callbacks from other movies and little little things here, it's really really being able to see how it's mixed in with the whole universe. So I'm getting more excited as we go along. Awesome. Yeah, I think uh, we're all kind of on the same page with that. Alex, is there anything that you wanted to add? Yeah, I mean, this is it's a nice change of pace from a mystery to an action movie or show. And that's what I mean. We've been I've been waiting for more action. The other one had some good action, but this one is really getting into more of the, you know, of course, Captain America's every everything around him, everything around his story, not just focused on him. So it's nice. I can't wait to see more of what they do with the show so far. So good. But so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's go ahead and give our initial thoughts on this uh, episode three. And that is entitled uh, The Power Broker. And let's start with Jake. What do you think about this episode? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, all the action sequences were great. And having Zemo and Sharon return, I thought was really well done. Um, I thought it was especially interesting how their characters are kind of a lot different from when we saw them previously. Uh, you know, Baron is more outgoing and kind of funny. There are some really funny scenes with him, actually. And then <laughs> Sharon's a lot more cynical. Um, so it's, it's really... It's been a long time, actually, since the events of Civil War when we last saw them. So it makes sense for them to change a little bit. But I thought that was really interesting. And again, we're seeing the same line of thoughts of these people like the new Captain America and uh, the Flag Smashers that they 
maybe have good ideals, but really the way they're going about things isn't the right way. Um, it's really kind of ties back to Captain America for me of really what would he do in this situation? That's not really how he, you know, wore his title of Captain America. And that's certainly not what he would do, what Carly ends up doing in this episode. So yeah, there was some really intriguing parts and yeah, looking forward to seeing how it develops. Yeah. Hashtag what would Cap do? Um, (laughs) Yeah. um, I, I also really like this episode real quick, Jake, where would you rank this one in the order so far? Uh, I really enjoyed the first one just because I like, I I do like the action part and I think it's very well done, but just kind of seeing uh, Sam and Bucky and their just day-to-day lives, I thought was really interesting and I really enjoyed that episode. But um, yeah, it's definitely getting really interesting of how they're setting up, you know, the villains and who's the real heroes and all of that. But yeah, I think this one's kind of neck and neck with the first episode. Okay, nice. Yeah, I've heard like a lot of different things online. For me, I think this is by far the best episode, but I know um, some people have problems kind of with the pacing. It is very fast and there are certain scenes that were kind of short, but again, just skipped right into the next one pretty quickly. Um, That didn't bother me too much. I didn't feel like I was too much of a big deal. Um, Overall, I I liked how it moved, moved fast. And also, another thing that um, I think we see is that, especially compared to WandaVision, this feels like when you put them all together, um, all six, once we add that, they're going to play just like a movie. So we kind of have to keep that in mind too. Uh, You know, when it comes to the pacing, I think, Mm -hmm. Um, just like a a movie, you know, like in in certain sections, it's going to speed up. And so that's kind of what we got with this episode and I really enjoyed it. Um, But Alex, you want to give us your quick thoughts on the episode? Yeah, so far it's I like, I think I'm like you where I just like every episode more and more um, as far as just how it's been going so far and a lot has been revealed and I'm, I was most excited to see Bar- uh, Zemo, Baron Zemo in this episode and seeing how he is after Civil War. I mean, we got a little bit out of him. They did him okay in Civil War, but they really are showing him more as a character in this in the series. So seeing him in just this total episode I wish now we can have him more like this Baron Zemo in Civil War. I think that re- I think it would have been really cool. But so far, I mean, so far so good, and um, and everything so far with uh, the new Cap U.S. agent. I honestly, I, I know this is <laughs> something that people talk about. They don't like him. I I like to hate him, but I like the way he looks in his outfit. I always I was excited to see how U.S. agent looked out, and so I don't know. I have a he he looks cool. He, he, I'm Did more you- interested to see what he does. <laughs> Did you guys see that meme where it's the guy from from Up? Uh, the old yes. yeah, 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 that's yeah. exactly <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> yeah, and that was. I wish that I had made that first episode, but like now I'm I'm liking how he's how how he looks and how it's like because you know I I think you probably probably mentioned in the past where you know he was supposed to be I guess that was his first uh, audition to be Captain America mm-hmm. and you know here he is acting that role so it, it's nice to have an actor who wanted to play that character and then feel like a imposter to that character so I, i'm excited to see if they're really gonna i don't think they're gonna draw him out too much but it'll be cool to see how who it and one more thing is that it's hard to know who who really is the bad guy in this show yeah. and so far it, at first you think it's those flag smashers but now it seems it's either zemo but now you think okay maybe it's us agent 
So really, that's where the mystery to me is. I'm, I'm enjoying is who really, what's really the bad person in this in this show. So, so far, so good. I think it might be someone else other than who you mentioned, but we'll get to that later on. <laughs> um, <laughs> she already has it. Salicia, did you have any quick thoughts? Uh, I agree. I think it's gotten better as it's gone on. I think it's really cool to see Madripoor. Um, and kind of going back with what you were saying, how the pacing, I believe Kevin Feige said when he announced it, it's a cinematic show. So it's, it was shot all at once like a movie. And that's why that's why it feels that way, because it basically is just a movie that they split up into episodes. Um, there was a couple of scenes, like the party scene. I was really looking forward to that scene from the trail, and it was like really quick. And I was like, man, that looked like such a fun party. And it was like <laughs> super short. Um, but I, I thought it was really cool to see all these new, all these characters coming back, like Sharon. She's like totally different now, which is cool to see a different side of her. Um, it just, it, it was really good. I was really um, interested in, in this one more than the other ones. So I think it's going to keep getting better and better. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely agree. Um, but yeah, let's just dive in right from the beginning. We've got this opening scene, um, this like kind of propaganda type of commercial with the GRC. And then <laughs> we get John Walker. He breaks in um, and into the Flag Smashers hideout. They're already gone, but now he's kind of like interrogating you know, um, the, the husband that kind of like took them all in and Jake, uh, take us through this scene, you know, your thoughts and kind of more context, what we're getting from, uh, John Walker. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's pretty obvious his role in this show, like even from the beginning of episode two to the end he like grew scruff and he just kind of looks worse <laughs> like he's just kind of looking worse every episode and in this one he definitely does you know he's just pretty much angry the entire time um which of course is not who captain america is but uh yeah he's just very aggressive in the way he does things and of course you know trying to get results but um yeah I, it's it definitely shows you know his true colors pretty early <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Cap never had to like really remind someone like, do you know who I am? And just like really get in their face. Um, but I could understand, you know, being spit at. Um, the, <laughs> that would make me pretty mad too. Um, Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I like the commercial. I, it almost was like another WandaVision scene, of course, with their, all their commercials, making a TV feel for us, not yeah, like yeah. a movie. So I like that. Um, and so it's nice to see it's nice to see, and I talked about this in WandaVision, where the blip really had an effect on everything. And I, and like Tony, knowing, knowing that Tony Stark only wanted everybody to just come back, don't change anything. It's just another part of his character that he's willing to just act to save everybody, but not realize the full scope of his actions. You know, we've seen it with Age of Ultron, we've seen it with his armor that he made, everything like that. And so with the blip, it's like, it's like you realize that a whole group of people are really suffering here and it's and it, i like how it's not just a joke how they put it out in spider-man far from home it's more of like a real thing and with this whole thing with the grc it's just another propaganda showing that oh well you know we're trying to make this world better and, and really it's just getting worse and so so far i like that part and with uh, of course with u.s agent like how i was saying earlier just get getting to see him in more in action is pretty cool definitely Celicia, anything 
I think they're definitely trying to set um, very early on, like Jake mentioned, how fake Captain America is very different than actually Steve Rogers. Um, just the fact that he has a gun on him at all times, like he's very brute, he's very forceful, he's very aggressive. Whereas we can see like, you know, Cap can be like that, like, you know, with Thanos or like somebody, you know, you know, intense, but not just with, with your everyday person. Um, and so I definitely think by the end of this, I don't know if they'll give him the, the name U.S. agent, but um, if you look at the comic book, his suit is like the U.S. agent suit with like the stripes. So I think those little subtleties are going to are trying to show us that that's what he's going to become. And I'm interested to see if they're going to do that within the show or if that's something that's going to kind of happen later on. But um, we're getting a pretty, pretty good impression of the kind of person he is very early on. Yeah, we were talking about it last week, too, but we're really getting this sense of entitlement from him. Like he mm -hmm. he feels like he's put in the work and now he kind of feels like he needs that respect and he deserves this respect from everyone, you know, the same respect that Steve got. But, you know, the huge difference is that even especially from the very beginning, you know, Steve Rogers was super humble and felt like he wasn't even worthy of, you know, being this symbol that he ultimately becomes later on. Um, so a huge contrast there. Um, but yeah, totally agree with that, with everything you guys are saying. And um, now we'll get to, we go over to uh, Berlin. And so Bucky is, um, he's going and he's going to talk to Zemo. And, you know, then he ends up breaking him out. But um, Alex, talk to me about this scene and also um, what, what your thoughts are on, you know, right when he like initially walks in, you know, Zemo's trying to tell him using these words that he's familiar mm -hmm. with, but, but this is a new Bucky, but tell me your thoughts. Yeah, the, to hear the first line that we see him after Civil War is just the initial, just the words of the Winter Soldier. It was like, already I got like chills. So I was like, oh boy, here he is, you know, back, he's back and, you know, what's he going to do? And I think it's cool. And I was saying earlier, it's cool to see him back in action and see more of his character being played out. But also it seems as though, even though he was evil, like he told Bucky, you know, everything that he did wasn't personal to Bucky. It was more of his goal to want to, you know, destroy the super, you know, super soldier serum and to, you know, eliminate people like the Avengers who think that they're all high and mighty. And then they create all these problems along with it. And so it's kind of, it's like for, for Zemo, he's one of the villains that are so interesting in the MCU because he's not, even with, um, even with T'Challa, you know, he, he said the same thing, you know, what I did wasn't personal to you about your father, what I did to you, Bucky wasn't personal about, you know, controlling you. But in the end, it, it seems like his goals, he, it doesn't matter how, you know, who he hurts, but he wants his goals to be accomplished. And I like this kind of Zemo that we're getting in the MCU. Yeah, Celicia, did you have any thoughts on this scene too? It's very manipulative. And you really see that. And obviously we know that, but I was like, I can't believe it, right? The first time he sees Bucky, and that's how he starts it off, just to see how he would react. Um, so he's very smart. He knows what he's doing. He He's playing the games, playing the field. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously he's a bad guy, but I think he's going to work with all of them as long as it's accomplishing what he wants. But as soon as their uh, paths separate, he's no longer gonna be helping them. That's what I think. Um, but 
at the same time, I think Marvel's really good at having you empathize with the villain. Like Alex said, like, you know, he's not personally like trying to hurt them as a person. He just has his morals and his beliefs. And if he has to hurt people in the way, he doesn't care. So, you know, we can kind of empathize with him that he's trying to accomplish something that he thinks is better for everybody. But we'll see. I don't know. I think, like I said, he's very manipulative. So I don't always, I don't 100% trust him. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jake, you know, these words that he's throwing at him again, like it's, we see and he understands that Bucky, you know, isn't going to be controlled anymore. Again, he's, he's a new Bucky, but he also says to him, you know, there's still something there inside of you is, do you feel like that's hinting at maybe um, Bucky really struggling with going back to his old habits? Um, Not even necessarily being under control, but um, you know, wanting to be a little bit more vicious and especially like when it comes to battle and missions that they're going on. But do you think this is hinting at anything? Yeah, I think it's definitely a struggle for Bucky because he has to kind of toy toward the line of trying to be a different person, but he needs to accomplish his mission still, which involves doing stuff like breaking criminals out of prison and, you know, being violent when that was rule number two is he's not supposed to hurt anybody. But that, that's really not possible. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely um, a struggle within him because he, obviously he's very good at what he does. Um, and a lot of people would try to use him for his talents. But, um, yeah, I think that's just going to be an overarching theme of really not being the Winter Soldier anymore, but trying to just be James Buchanan Barnes. But uh, everything seems to kind of be pulling him in the other direction. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll stay with you, Jake. We're going to go on to the next scene um, when they're on the plane together, uh, Zemo, Sam, and Bucky. And again, you know, Zemo makes these interesting points and things that you can, you know, really stop and think about as far as, you know, the hypocrisy when it comes to uh, superheroes, how they're portrayed, you know, um, being idolized, stuff like that. How do you feel about this scene, some of the things that he was saying? Also, uh, your thoughts on, you know, uh, that book that came back again to that Bucky has? Yeah, there's a a lot to break down, I feel like, in this scene from, you know, him getting his comic accurate costume a little bit. Um, But like you were saying, the words about heroes, it's very similar to what Sharon says later, um, you know, that it's all basically a sham and everything like that. So he definitely makes good points. Um, it's, it doesn't work when you're talking about Captain America because I think, you know, we, we can all agree that for the most part, besides the one thing of not telling Tony, uh, he, he didn't really have much flaws. But he definitely does talk about that, which I think was really interesting um, because in Civil War, when he first meets Captain America, uh, he looks at him and he s- says that there's a bit of green in the blue of his eyes, that it's nice to see a flaw. So I feel like he's kind of the opposite of Captain America, where Cap tried to see the good in everybody, but Baron sees these flaws and he thinks that he's better himself. But anybody who has flaws, which is pretty much anybody, shouldn't have that much power, um, which definitely proves his points for somebody like you as agents um, abusing his power. But 
yeah, there, there's a lot to go over in this scene, uh, a lot of funny parts too. But yeah, that was also interesting about the book um, that it was originally Caps, which mm-hmm. I didn't even think about when I first saw it. Um, but yeah, that, that's interesting that that's, that's what he gave him. Um, whereas he gave Sam the shield to go be a hero like he knows he should. He really just wanted Bucky to become a normal person and just live his life. So I feel like that's the direction where those two will end up. But it was kind of cool to see uh, that Steve was kind of thinking about that beforehand. Yeah. So, Alicia, what do you think about this scene? Really, just very funny. Just a very, like, nice, more lighthearted scene compared to some of the other scenes. Uh, I also really liked how that was Cap's notebook. I knew, like, oh, it's very similar. He's kind of doing the same thing that Cap was doing, except Cap was trying to catch up on pop culture. And, but I didn't think about it being the actual same notebook. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting, just little thing that they put in the show. And kind of like what Jake said, it's like, I, I think Cap knew that Bucky wasn't ready to be Captain America because I mean, he has a lot, <laughs> a lot of stuff to work on. Alex, how do you like this scene? I know um, you've been big into comic books and those words about how he was, he was talking about, you know, we don't want to live in a world you know, full of red skulls kind of make, makes me think, and of course, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but you know, it's fun speculating. I know like in some of the comics, you know, the Avengers have turned evil and been taken over and maybe this could be foreshadowing some stuff like that. So uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole, whole thing about Zemo here is that he's, Again, he, he, that's where I, this is where I got that quote about him, you know, talking about the whole Red Skull thing, you know, talking about the Avengers. You have all these people on these pedestals like Captain America. And like he, you know, how he mentioned Captain America being on the spotlight, but knowing that he didn't, he, he they don't realize that by doing everything they, they did, they don't reflect on the kind of impact it had on everybody else, even the normal people. Um, and so, yeah, to, to really think about and theorize their kind of way they're going about it that's a lot. And yeah, there's a lot of comic books that showed how, you know, heroes, what would happen if heroes became bad? I mean, you have these really powerful people. Yeah. There has to be some restriction maybe on certain people there has to, you know, you get the government, you get the civil war, you get the Sokovia Accords. Um, for DC fans, you have Batman who has, you know, contingencies if the justice league were to, you know, turn evil. And so it's just a matter of knowing that there's a line. And of course for Zemo, he's willing to make sure that line is put and do whatever is necessary, um, which I liked kind of backing up a bit, you know, where he's, he, we see how he has that fortune, you know, him and his family being a baron, he, he has, and they, they really didn't touch on that. I don't think in civil war, they only touched on him. Like he was in the armed forces for Sokovia. So we never really got that. He was royalty, so to speak. So it's kind of cool that they got more comic accurateness to him. Yeah. Um, and of course, like, like, you know, even like Jake's point, I like, I didn't, I didn't even like really contemplate that why Cap would give, you know, Bucky his, his notebook to go back into live a normal life. Whereas Sam is the next, you know, successor to being a Cap. But, you know, of course, they both feel like they just don't both, you know, Sam and Bucky just don't feel like they're worthy to move on on that path that, you know, Steve gave them for either of them, you know. Bucky doesn't feel worthy of living that kind of life, nor does Sam living, you know, the title of Captain America. So it's cool to see that they are having this reflection, but also someone like Zemo to tell them, if you're going to go down that route, look what Captain America did and look how everything happened because of him. So 
it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that for the rest of the MCU, because now the title of superhero has really played a really very bad kind of way of, of vibe when it comes to, you know, superheroes. So it's very weird. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I also liked how they said Red Skull because yeah. uh, in the comics, Red Skull, I believe, led the Flag Smashers. And there was interesting, I was watching a video, they were referencing how, how Red Skull had said in the first Captain America, I see a future with no flags. So it's just kind of an interesting, I'm, obviously I don't think they had this plan from way back then, but it's just kind of an interesting, you know, they put it kind of in there because it does kind of correlate with each other. But that was Yeah, good points, absolutely. Well, now we cut over to this camp in Latvia and we get to see, um, you know, Carly again. And we see that, you know, some of her, her friends are dying. And really the show has been like bouncing back and forth with us, like kind of sympathizing with her. And then, mm-hmm. and then again, seeing other scenes where it's like, no, you're, you're not doing it right. Um, you're going about things all wrong. So really interesting to see this. Um, Jake, what were, you, what were your thoughts? Uh, yeah, again, it's kind of showing the Flag Smashers almost innocence in the way that they're just trying to help people. Um, and it was interesting, too, that this was a GRC camp. But mm-hmm. clearly, uh, these people are not getting, you know, the attention that they need, um, which kind of ties into a lot of who really is, you know, the villain and what's, what are they fighting against. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to kind of see more of her. I think we really got a clear grasp on what she's trying to accomplish, but, um, just kind of going about things the wrong way. Um, but yeah, I think she's, she's not the most interesting character in the show to me. Um, Flat Smashers as a whole, I I'm much more interested in Power Broker and Zemo and what they have planned. Uh, but it is kind of a nice side plot to turn to every once in a while. Yeah. Alex, your thoughts. Yeah, same with how Jake mentioned. It was, as far as how I, I'm feeling with the Fly Smashers now, obviously it was more of a way to push them into the spotlight to not let us know who really is behind everything right now. So it's kind of like, a, like you said, like a second filler. Um, but I like, too, how they are they're feeling that Robin Hood vibe with them. You know, they're obviously, like, every, like everybody in the blip, you know, they didn't go away. And yet they were struggling to survive. And so it made me think and... And we'll get to it, but it made me think of when um, at the end of Black Panther that they were going to set up, you know, new new spots, new places for the world to kind of get the technology that they need, the health care that they needed. And then ever since the blip, now we have, the, you know, the G, what is it, the GRC. And like Jake said, everything it seems like really not taken care of. And so now it's like, okay, where are these things ever since the blip? Now we just have worse you know, people to take care of, you know, things. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a different vibe, but yeah, I'm not as interested, but you know, they're, you know, at least we get to get to feel for them in a way that we see how people are, are affected by the book. For sure. Anything you want to add, Celicia? Pretty much what they said. Um, we saw, we get some sympathy for Carly. Um, we see that what she's kind of fighting for, and we kind of can draw back to the commercial, how the GRC is kind of like, like you said, propaganda. It's the government wanting people to think, oh, we're here to take care of you. But then like Jake said, they're here in this you know, GRC place yet they're suffering. So I'm sure it'll be elaborated on in upcoming episodes, but it was an interesting scene. Yeah, I think you guys 
covered that pretty well. I echo everything you say. Now we go off to Madripoor finally, and this is where things start to really pick up. Um, I think some of the, some of these scenes, um, especially in Madripoor, are like some of my favorite things that I've seen in Marvel period. Um, but we get this awesome bar scene, and you know they're they're all disguised or well, kind of, but. You know, they're also, well, it's mainly just Sam, <laughs> you know, Bucky, yeah. Bucky and Zemo are pretty much themselves. Um, but that was kind of funny. And obviously they're, they're drawn, you know, they're attracting too much attention to themselves. Um, and then we, we have this awesome, you know, scene where, where Bucky has to, you know, pretend like he's under uh, control and, you know, go back to his old ways. And it, it was a crazy scene. I mean, Bucky was just tearing it up, but um, <laughs> Jake, what what were your thoughts on on this scene? Yeah, this whole scene was crazy. I just really liked how they did everything, you know, like cinematically. But yeah, there was just a lot to this, and um, I think the city is just really interesting in general. But yeah, there's there's so many Easter eggs like all over the place in this thing. Uh, one of my favorite ones is that Sam says, "Why is he the only one who looks like a pimp?" And apparently in the comics before he came, became the Falcon, uh, he went by the name Snap Wilson and he was a pimp. So <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it, it's a pretty cool place um, in which a lot of ties like you're hoping for to X-Men and everything like that, which we didn't see much of it, but uh, maybe a few hints here and there. But yeah, I think Power Broker, whenever we see him, is going to be a really cool character and just kind of how they're setting it up uh, with this place was really cool. Totally. Celicia, what do you think? Very cool. Just visually was a really cool city to look at. Um, Very different than what we've seen. Um, I think the Tannerings have some correlation with Madripoor. So like you said, it's it's giving us a city that we know will link up a lot of uh, different things in the future. Um, it was just a cool, it was a really, really cool scene. Um, it was interesting to see how everybody's like, is that the Winter Soldier? Is that him? <laughs> and I never thought about him, like having this, like, you know, er- these criminals knowing him. Um, so that was kind of cool to see that he has a reputation, obviously just within the criminal organizations. Um, and just, yeah, it was, it was very interesting, very interesting to watch. Yeah, Alex? Yeah, I honestly don't really knew. I, I never really knew much about Madripoor. I don't, I don't think I really read a lot into that city. So for me, it was kind of like touching new ground, so to speak. So it was cool. I like that vibe of a city like that. And I really like a criminal underground, so to speak. It's kind of like in Star Wars, you got like the criminal underworld, kind of like that city where anything kind of goes. So I can't wait to see what, what else they do in, in that area. Obviously, if, you know, like 10 rings, what you know, places like that or like if it has ties to x-men if it has ties to anything else you know where they're gonna take that is gonna be interesting mm-hmm. to, to really have a good playground in, in that city so um and then as far as they have the bar scene and everything with bucky it was you could tell man he was just <laughs> he was really fighting it but he had to do it he had to break rule number two so it was pretty interesting yeah maybe he, he's been kind of bottling up a lot of that <laughs> anger yeah. for a while yeah, um, yeah we could tell he, yeah um, I thought the music was pretty awesome too, especially when they're walking towards the bar. It's pretty sick. Um, question oh, yeah, for all, we got the winter, all of you: We got the winter, we got the Winter Soldier theme in there. If you didn't hear it, yeah, the screaming. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Cool. Um, question for all of you: So I learned that 
that drink that Sam Sam takes, it is a real thing. Uh, would any of you ever be down to drink that? Uh-huh. Of course you <laughs> would. Of course you would. Well, that's because I don't mind, like, I don't know, eating meat or whatever is inside organs. What, what is it? Was it? What specific organ was it of a snake? I actually don't know. Uh, that depends. It depends I don't remember. Yeah, it maybe was. it depends on what organ it is, I guess. <laughs> snake drink. Snake shot. <laughs> Jake, I mean, it's, it's not it's not the worst thing. I mean, if you're just shooting it, you're not going to even taste it. It's it's not that bad. <laughs> I yeah, probably have worse. The texture, though, you can like feel it, though. Yeah, you're, you're going to taste more of the of the drink than you are of the of the, of the little slithering little little snake sack, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'll All right. That up now. Now you got me interested. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. yeah. Google it, Google it, Alex. Let us know what it is. Yeah, but man, we will we will move on. We get this intro to uh, Selby, someone who's working for the power broker, and you know she gives them a lead on Doctor Nagel, and you know who's behind the serum. But then you know Sam's cover gets blown with this uh, phone call that he gets from his sister, and so yeah, that was a pretty funny scene as well. And, um, you know, everything kind of goes wrong. And now there's this bounty for all of them. Uh, Jake, you want to take us through this? Uh, Yeah, I think this was a really cool introduction to Sharon. Um, She's definitely found her place here in Madripoor, um, really, you know, is adopting this kind of persona. Um, and I think we'll come to learn more too about really what she's been doing in her entire time there. Cause there was a few interesting points about, you know, she knows a lot of people, she's kind of rich now. And it's like, who is she working with? Uh, I think that'll be interesting episodes to come, but yeah, I think I was kind of expecting, you know, Zemo to like take off at this point or something mm-hmm. and at multiple points through this episode, but he's, he's sticking with them. I've actually really enjoyed that, <laughs> that we get you know, another episode that they're all together still. Yeah, I almost feel like um, like he needs something from them too. Just, you know what I mean? Just like they kind of need his help right now. Um, maybe we'll see that later on. Um, but Alex, what do you think about this whole scene? Yeah, it was, again, it was, it's, it's touching in a territory that I wasn't familiar with as far as who the power broker was, you know, who, you know, who, who these characters were. So it was all pretty much new to me. So so far, it was, I, I think it was pretty cool. I, it, you can kind of tell it was one of those other scenes that you kind of felt a little rushed, you know, okay, who are these characters? And and then at the same time, you know, she gets, Selby gets shot. And then now I'm wondering, okay, who shot her? And then, I don't know, Sharon, was it Sharon? Did they confirm? I don't, I don't think, Sharon, I don't think, I don't think so, because Sharon even confirmed, like, you guys shot somebody killed Selby. I think that it That's could true. be. Yeah, I think that it could be, but it wasn't confirmed. It wasn't confirmed, believe. but but yeah, like that. Like I the whole assumed scene, it yeah. was. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's but true. I mean, the whole scene. Oh, the the whole scene with Zemo, you know, toying with Bucky too, man. He's like, like you know, messing with him and everything. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, you feel bad for Bucky because it's like, obviously, he was like dealing with that kind of thing literally throughout the years. You know, being the slave, you know, for Hydra and everything. So you kind of get a sense of that in this episode, and he had to do it, obviously, and so it was pretty pretty deep if you ask me but uh but yeah the whole thing with um the whole action scene everything like that that happened it was it was cool yeah so Lisa, you tell me about you know your thoughts on the introduction reintroduction to 
uh, Sharon Carter. And then also, you know, this deal that she's going to make with Sam about her getting pardoned. What are your thoughts on that? She's very hardened now. Very just, I don't care. I'm fine here. I'm selling art. Like, you know, she's, she's definitely changed. She's not, you know, fighting for her country anymore kind of a thing. Um, and she doesn't seem like she really cares to go back home. Like she's formed this whole world for herself. She's doing well, you know, she has an area in the fan, you know, in, in the fancier area. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I think for her, she doesn't know who to trust anymore. And in, in Sam left her. I mean, they all left her to kind of fend for herself. Nobody was there for her. And so you can understand why she's like, oh, now, now you want to be here for me. But, you know, all these years have passed. And granted, Sam was like, well, I got blicked. <laughs> like, I wasn't here, <laughs> which is true. But the fact that nobody, none, none of the Avengers, anybody that was there, you know, during the blip, nobody went, you know, even thought about her. I didn't even think about her. I forgot about her, you know. And so all of that just has made her into a very hardened character. And, you know, maybe as time goes on, she'll soften up a little bit and start trusting her friends again. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of sad to see that she's become like this, but also it shows that she's really strong um, and she's toughened up to just, you know, she's able to deal with whatever is, you know, coming her way. Yeah, totally. And, you know, sticking with Sharon Carter, we see her again. And we see how strong she really is when mm -hmm. we move forward a little bit and they, they find um, Dr. Nagel uh, and his lab and all these bounty hunters are starting to come and she's just, she's going nuts. I mean, it, she, she's like <laughs> relentless and it's crazy. Um, Jake, what was your thoughts on them meeting up with the doctor and then um, Sharon kind of like protecting them? Yeah, uh, she definitely got the raw end of that deal. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, she, she definitely can hold her own now, which I never really thought of her as weak, but we didn't really see her in action hardly in Civil right. War. So it was kind of hard to say. But yeah, she's definitely uh, learned some things being a manager report. But yeah, it was pretty interesting with Nagel here. Um, just that there was basically no more super soldier serum. Uh, which was kind of interesting to me. I'd still like to know exactly how Carly got it in the first place. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was an interesting character while, while he lasted. Uh, kind of the second person in a few short minutes to die unexpectedly. Pretty quickly after he was introduced, you're just like, oh, who's this guy? Oh, it doesn't matter anymore, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was interesting to hear kind of his point of view um, about creating that super soldier serum and then we get the call back to um black captain america too that he was working from his blood um so I, that kind of makes sense of how they tied that in because it's kind of a standout unexpected how does it all work together scene in uh, episode two but now that kind of makes sense of how they're able to recreate it after all this time yeah for me i was really surprised that there was only 20 vials mm -hmm. um I thought that there was there would be a lot more than that, but Alex, anything stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, for I know I haven't talked about Sharon Carter yet, but I, I think it's for me. It was like I, I got telling Stacey, I was like, I wonder how they're gonna go from her kissing Captain America to <laughs> moving along to this point, and they, because obviously it's like you, you gotta wonder, okay, what does she feel about that? But they're not gonna worry. I don't think they're gonna really worry about. It. I think the way they just 
pushed her in here and we see how jaded she is is like oh my gosh like you feel so bad for her you know because she was one of those characters that kind of was left behind and so it's kind of see it's kind of cool to see how she's really just gotten to be her own person in this show and um and yeah with the whole thing with the super serum that it, it almost made me wonder if of course with he was saying how Dr. Nagel was saying the CIA got a hold of it. I'm wondering if mm-hmm. a certain, you know, certain person by the name of Thaddeus Ross was one of those people that wanted it. Because we know in Hulk, the original Invisible Hulk, he, he was, you know, he had that whole um, super sol- soldier serum with the abomination. So I wonder if that had anything to do with, you know, somewhat tying, but, you know, with the government, it's like they try, they want to recreate, you know, super soldier. They want to recreate the Iron Man suits, you know, have their own army and, and so we see more of this kind of going along with Capside. It's like now they're trying to get his blood, or in this case, you know the the other um, the other Captain America, the the, the one uh, no. Elijah. What's his name? Was it Elijah? Isaiah. Yeah. Isaiah. Isaiah. Elijah. Yes. Is... But then his his son. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I so I seeing Isaiah and really seeing how there was just a lot that we just didn't know, and so mm-hmm. to see how this kind of came up, and I can understand you know what you were saying as far as like. You know, I don't know how they can make 20 vials and all that time, but I think they even said it was only a certain time that he had the mm-hmm. chance to deal with, do the serum with the CIA until the blip happened. So, uh, yeah, that's right. So now without those resources, it was kind of like very limited. So, but yeah, another, another scene, of course, where we see another character just get wiped <laughs> out by Zemo. <laughs> so, but, you know, it, I feel like it was important to see another serum come to, you know, be created, but obviously it wasn't the big picture here. I think it was good that they only had 20 vials. I mean, if you would have been like, oh yeah, there's 10,000 super soldiers out there, then it's like, there's no way they can do that on their own. And so I think that gives them a reasonable amount of people that they need to find and do whatever they're gonna do with them. Um, I think this also showed again, Zemo's manipulation He always, he had his own plan going on. That's, you know, they were shocked that he shot uh, the doctor but he, like again his goal is to stop this so if this guy knows how to make it well how do I prevent more from being made take the guy out so again this is just showing how he has his own plans he's going to do what he wants and again he's going to use Sam and Bucky and Sharon and all of them just you know a means to an end basically yeah good point I'll throw it back to Alex um, you know the the rocket hits the lab and now they got to, you know, get out of there, kind of shoot their way out. They're you know, being attacked from all sides. And Bucky and Sam kind of have this dialogue back and forth. <laughs> like, you know, you, you need to follow left. me this way. Yeah. Uh, take, <laughs> take us through this scene. Yes. Yeah, they were like, it's not like the move, like an action movie. You're not supposed, you know, <laughs> so they're, I mean, you can kind of feel for that. Cause it's like the moment you think, okay, well, how do they do in the movies? You know, that, but that's Hollywood, you know, so <laughs> But the whole scene was pretty intense. I thought Zemo, I think we talked about this, I thought he was just going to fail. This was his moment yeah. where, of course, we see the real Zemo come out again. But no, he totally surprised us. He came back and is helping them. He wears the mask. I Oh, it's so cool to see him actually wearing the mask. And I know people were theorizing, well, oh, what if, because of how it looks, it, 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 you know, maybe he's taunting the whole Thanos look. But you, you forget that that's how he looked in the comic books, you know, and so... It's not, I mean, that would have been cool if they wanted the MCU to make it an origin style, but obviously the way he looked at his mask when he first grabbed it from the car, it had some kind of meaning before Thanos and before everything else. So, 
it's cool to, to kind of get that side of him and then to see him in action. I mean, he was ruthless. He was pretty quick. He's, you know, obviously not one to mess with, but um, it's just another thing where he was able to, he was coming back for them. And it's like, again, it goes down to the fact that he, he's not wanting to be, make them their enemy yet. He wants, he needs them to serve his purpose. And so we'll see if he's going to, when he's going to turn on them. But so far he, he's really making out to be like, he's on their side for now. Yeah, Jake, like Alex had mentioned, you know, he's uh, he, he didn't take the easy way out when he definitely could. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was cool just to see him fight because uh, he definitely is a genius and manipulative and has all these plans. But uh, he can also handle himself, which was pretty cool. But yeah, the most interesting part of this whole thing was I kind of assumed Sharon was sick with them for a little while. But she's definitely got her own agenda as well. I thought it was pretty interesting how she said that, you know, we got a problem and actually there's multiple of, of them. And it okay. kind of seemed like she was referring to Bucky and Sam being a problem in some sort of way. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I mean, cause really who knows what's been going on in her life, who she's working with now. She definitely has some sort of power, um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see if she was working with Power Broker and maybe, yes, yeah, just a spy or something. But uh, she definitely has uh, connections there. So I, I thought that was an interesting point. Power, like, in a social aspect or, like, authority kind of thing? Or you think actual, like, maybe the serum? Oh, no, just as, as like, she has a commanding effect yeah. on who who knows she, de- she has one person who just pulled up and is driving her around i assume, <laughs> right. I assume that she has people under her sort of like a mafia type thing uh and i could definitely see her being part of power brokers people yeah well i'll just uh i'll throw this out now um i think that sharon might be the power broker um, i would die i was thinking that too but mm-hmm. Celicia, yeah i'll throw it over to you i know you had some speculation on that too so what do you think I mean, I guess she could be. I mean, I, I think if I remember correctly, Jessica Jones, it was the second season that character had the same name as the power broker's name. And so I heard people saying how they may not have the power broker be the same guy that he was in the comics here because it was kind of already referenced somewhere else. And so it could, it could totally, it could be someone completely different. I know that people were saying that maybe um, Ross, is that thing? Yeah, that he could be the power broker. He could be involved somehow. Oh, okay. He's definitely not a good guy. I'm just very interested to see, like, if they're actually going to, like, show who the power broker is. Because obviously he's very important in the comics. Um, So I'm I'm curious if they're just going to, like, reference him. Like, how we saw in Magipore on the wall said power, what's the name again? Power broker? Mm -hmm. So many names. Power broker is watching, you know. So is he just going to be, like, this mysterious person? And maybe it was him that shot, um... What's her name? Selby. Because she was going to be like, okay, I'll give you everything you want uh, if you do this, this, and this. So I'm very excited to see where they're going to go with that because he's definitely got some commanding force. And if Sharon was a power broker, that would be a twist that I would not be expecting. So that'd be cool. (laughs) Yeah, I think it'd be cool too. So now we go over to, uh, you know, John Walker again, and he, he figures out that um you know sam and bucky are with zemo and they broke him out and now he's kind of of the mindset you know i'm i don't necessarily need to be tied up with you know following the rules and stuff too so alex what do you think about this what do you think it could mean going forward 
It's like, I think somebody might have said it. It's just, he's trying to, he's honest. I think it was you that said it, but like how Cap just didn't feel like he was worthy. And here we see Walker. He's trying to, he's trying to get, to grab that respect by force. And so here it's like, just another thing that he, he sees what they do. And it's like, he's like, well, if they can do it, why can't I? And if this is going to get the respect I need, then, you know, let's go, let's go, let's go do it. And he, he obviously knows how they work. And he's just like, you know, we're, we just need to find them. We need to do what we need to do. And, you know, and no matter what we do at the end, we did it. You know, we, we accomplished our mission. I think that's how he, I forget how he said it, but that was pretty much the line. It's like, like the end just by the Yeah, like basically, like once we finished the, the mission, we know the government and how they are. We, we, we did the mission no matter how we did it. And so, so literally it's like, it just shows he's not worthy of being Captain America. Obviously we're seeing more of the U.S. agent side of him mm-hmm. where, you know, Cap did think about every concept, you know, everything that he did, but, you know, in this case, he's like, I, I don't care what we need to do. We're going to do it. And so it's really this scene in particular really showed that he's obviously going towards that, that evil side that we're all waiting to see happen. Yeah. It was like, they need to know that the job was done, not how it was done. Mm-hmm. um jake did you have any thoughts yeah i kind of feel like it kind of ties into the overarching theme of like morality and justice um because yes sam and bucky are breaking the laws breaking people out of prison and yes steve rogers also went against the government uh, and followed his own moral compass but it there's a fine line between doing something because you think it's right and doing something because you want to exert your power and show your dominance. And that's kind of, I feel like the difference between them. Uh, I think it's just something that everybody has to figure out in this show. Yeah, totally. Salicia, do you have any thoughts on that too? Walker definitely, I feel like he feels like he's in competition. You know, he's competing with Steve Rogers and how he did things. He's competing with Bucking Sam with how they're doing things. And so instead of just focusing on himself, he just he just wants to win. Basically, he's like, I want to be the one who gets everything fixed. You know, I want to be the one who gets the super soldiers. I want to be, you know, because like you guys said, he's trying to get that respect, but he's going about it the wrong way. And we can kind of see how he's just angry and he just wants the mission to be completed and he doesn't care how. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So now we're on this plane ride again with um, Sam and Bucky. And this was really, you know, an interesting conversation. Sam's feeling like he made a mistake, um, but not that he, not in the sense that he should have held on to the shield. He thinks that, um, you know, he should have just destroyed the shield altogether. And, you know, obviously that upsets Bucky, but uh, Jake, tell me your thoughts on this. Yeah, um, the shield just means so much to so many people, uh, especially in different ways, you know, between Bucky and Sam. But yeah, somebody, somebody's got to have the shield uh, for what it really represents, which John Walker doesn't really get that. He, he thinks it represents power and strength and respect that you command over people. When Cap Steve Rogers' whole thing was you know, kind of living up to the symbolism of Captain America and the shield and kind of what it stood for. And he was always just trying to live up to that instead of uh, using its power. But yeah, it definitely um, is just a symbol for so many people. And it's kind of gone back and forth now in the show of what it really represents. But 
yeah, I think that's something again that they have to figure out through this show of who is going to take it because somebody has to eventually, otherwise they'll just take it out of the museum again and give it to somebody else who's corrupt. Um, but really who's going to be that person who leads them and leads the Avengers and kind of the nation as a whole. And who's going to be that person who is most like Steve that can carry on his legacy. Yeah. Alex, what do you think of this scene? And kind of like what Jake was saying about the symbol of the shield to me, it's always been a symbol of hope and, you know, rising above uh, this evil that we find. But what do you think about all this? Yeah. So I, I mean, I agree with what, how you both have been saying about the shield. It's, it is a symbol of like hope and a symbol of, you know, freedom from evil, you know, because Cap had it during the time of Nazis and Germany and Hitler and, you know, he freed everybody. And he was a symbol that, you know, he was a hero to everybody. He was kind of like the Superman of the universe. Everybody looked up to him because he was guiding the way out in the same way in, in the modern world where he was, you know, leading the Avengers, helping them, you know, fight off forces beyond, you know, through the world's perspective. And so it was definitely, it, it's, it's not just that it meant something so, so many people, it's that, you know, Captain America Steve lived that and he used that, that, that shield throughout the time he used it. And so, you know, for, for, um, was it Sam to just say, you know, I just want to destroy it. It's like, it's cause he can't, I, I feel it's like one of those things where you have so much weight on your shoulders, so much responsibility. He just, he can't accept it yet. And, he, and at this point he sees all the problems that surrounded that he just says, like, I just don't want to deal with it anymore. I just want to toss it away, throw it away. It doesn't deserve, it doesn't deserve anybody because it's become such a problem. And I feel like that's his problem, his problem personally, because Steve knew he needed to take the shield. He needed to lead and take it to the next step, but he just is not yet ready to feel that in, within himself. And so the same goes with, you know, Bucky, you know, of course he's trying to help him out, but he's obviously dealing with his own problems, you know, feeling like he's worthy to be a regular person. And so I think that it's, it's much more than just throwing away the shield. He needs to really feel that, you know, he's worthy to hold that shield. Like, you know, like Thor's hammer, you know, it's, it's a big symbol. It, it has power, it has meaning behind it. Yeah. You know, it does have power, but in a way that help if it's used correctly can mean a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. Celicia, what do you think that it's going to take for Sam to feel like he's finally worthy? Honestly, I don't think Sam thinks anybody should have the shield. I think for him, he's like, no one can be Captain America. No one should be Captain America. It started with Steve Rogers. It dies with Steve Rogers. And I think that's why he gave it to the museum because he doesn't, I just don't think in his mind, right as of right now, that he feels that it should be, it, he doesn't think it's a legacy that should be continued. Um, and that, and I think for him, in order for him to want to take on that role, he would have to not feel that way. He would have to feel like, no, you know, we do need, we do need somebody. And maybe this is, this whole experience will show him like putting in a museum didn't solve the problems, giving it to somebody who didn't deserve it, didn't solve the problems. So, okay. You know, Steve thought I was worthy of it. Then then let me have a go at it. And maybe that will kind of push him to, to try it out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It, it's probably going to be something, you know, down the line with these missions that they're going on. Something's going to click for him uh, for mm -hmm. sure. But moving on, we get this scene with Carly and one of her friends again, and um, they blow up this uh, GRC building. Again, we're going back and forth, you know, whether we should feel for them or whether we should think that they're the bad guy and, you know, her friend says there were still people in that building. And she's like, this is the only language that they speak is violence. 
Jake, talk to me about this scene. They definitely made them seem like the good guys the first couple episodes. Um, you can kind of get behind what they're doing. Yeah, they're fighting against Sam and Bucky. Okay, they're trying to steal food, basically, and vaccines for people and stuff like that. It's like, okay, that makes sense. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I guess Carly's a terrorist now, basically. <laughs> uh, just killing people, and that's cool, I guess. And there was basically no remorse in her at all, um, which kind of I felt like almost tied to um, the loss of her mother. Maybe she's just extremely angry at that point. Um, and I feel like that might be kind of a turning point for her to really see that they're not doing enough to save the people that they love and that they need to do more, which includes taking these extreme steps. And that's kind of what I got from that. Thoughts on this, Alex? Yeah, so it, back when I was saying how they were pretty much like a Robin Hood kind of team, now that we've gone to this point, we, we see they're really more of just another, it's just another reason to have guerrilla warfare. They're just there to just, you know, repel, you know, repress the, you know, be anarchy, have, be terrorists. And so you don't really, at that point, you kind of, you're like, oh, you know, I had feeling for you. Now you're just in some other, you know, terrorist group that just needs to be taken down. So you kind of like, ugh. If you would have stuck to, and I know that they, and I know that's usually what happens, like how Jake said, you know, when you have stuff, problems you go wrong, that go wrong and you lose people, obviously you want payback or you might feel like you get, you need a sense of, I, you know, I, they deserve what we've been treated. And, and that's how obviously Carly is feeling, right? Carly? Yeah. Yeah. Carly feels with this whole thing. And so honest, obviously it's going, it's going to take it's going to come back on them. I, I feel like in the end, it, we're going to definitely see that no matter what they try to do, even if they, even if they think it's right, it's going to come back to haunt them. I don't necessarily think maybe the flag smashers as a whole are bad. I think it's more Carly because even her friend was like, what are you doing? Like, this is not what we stand for. This is not what we do. We're crossing a line. And I think for her, like you said, there was no like remorse in her eyes. She's just like, this is what it is. Like, this is the only way we're going to accomplish what we want. And so, again, I think just with what she's personally experienced, maybe we'll get a backstory on her to see, like, like what started this, you know, for her. Um, but, again, you can kind of see, like, I think they said that it was, like, six months of supplies that were just sitting there that weren't being given to anybody. So, again, you can feel for them. You can see why they're doing what they're doing. But Carly's obviously kind of, deter you know, going on her own path and kind of dragging the flag smashers along with her. Yeah, well said. Well, now we can uh, move on to our final scene. We cut over to Latvia, Zemo and Sam um, and Bucky. They all get to their destination. Um, but Bucky says he needs to go for a walk. And, you know, he, he's walking down the street. Uh, he spots on the on the ground. I want, want to pronounce this right. But he he spots some small um, Kamoyo beads and you know, he, he takes them into this alley and he says, you know, he's kind of like turning every which way, you know, you dropped, you dropped this and we get this uh, big reveal um, of Chief Ayo, I believe is her name. No? no. What do you think of it? It's close. <laughs> well, close enough. Okay. So <laughs> Chief Ayo, I stand corrected. Chief Ayo. Um, so very awesome. Alex, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I, as soon as we saw the beads, I was like, uh oh. It. Hey, mm -hmm. But then you think, yeah, because obviously Baron's out, Baron Zemo's out of there, and he was the one who killed, you know, the king before T'Challa, King T'Chaka. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're after him now that now that he's out of prison. So 
that's why even Bucky was like, you know, I knew you'd be coming here sooner or later. And so it's, Ooh, I mean, it, it was sad as that we all know, of course, with T'Challa, you know, you know, Chadwick Boseman, he's not here for that. And, but I feel like, I wonder if, I wonder if he would have been in this shot had he still been, I'm not sure. That would have been cool. But on it, honestly, I wonder what they're going to do now, because now that they brought Wakanda into this series, it's like, okay, how are you going to connect with what's happening with Chadwick and what's happening with what we're dealing with now? So that's a whole new questions, questions, theories, theories. So we'll see. I, I looking forward to it. Good cliffhanger, good ending. Um, they're very subtle with the cliffhangers, if you ask me, but I think I like that. It doesn't leave much room to really like theorize. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I believe, and you kind of touched on it, but the, the connection seems like, um, her in particular, she was responsible for um, mm-hmm. looking after the king, um, T'Challa's father. And so, um, obviously, you know, Zemo's the one that caused all that and his death. And so now she's probably feeling responsible and, you know, she couldn't save him, but she can get revenge. So, you know, that that's where we're at now. Um, Jake, you want to give us your thoughts? Um, that's that was basically the point that I wanted to make as well. I'm glad you said it because, yeah, it's like I I would expect to see Akoya there, maybe Shuri. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting to learn more about uh, Io's character now because we did see her for a few minutes in Civil War, but obviously don't, don't get too much screen time. But yeah, it's really interesting that they chose her, and I like that they whenever they bring back characters, um, that's always cool to see. But yeah, exactly how this ties in is I was not expecting them to go in this direction at all to bring somebody like Wakandans into this mix. Um, there's already, you know, kind of a lot going on, um, but it was it's really cool to see. And it really surprised me. And I'll just be interested to see how it goes from here, because uh, I don't think Wakandans are really known to, to stop at anything until they reach their goal, which is basically what um t'challa was doing the entire movie of civil war was just not stopping until he had zemo no matter what and yeah now basically ios got the same job to do so i thought that was pretty cool yes lisa you have thoughts on this final scene very cool surprise i again i was not expecting it at all i i think it's really cool they're just they're showing that everything's connected this is one universe you know they do interact like in the comic books i mean you see X-Men, Spider-Man, Avengers are all together. And so now we're kind of getting that, you know, in subtle ways. Um, I kind of wonder if maybe this was Bucky's plan all, all along, that he knew, you know, he was taking a risk uh, breaking Zemo out, but he knew that the Wakandans would find out and that they would come. So he knew he would have backup. Um, because like he said, like he wasn't surprised to see the beads there. He wasn't surprised to see her there. He, he figured they, that they were gonna come. So I kind of wondered maybe that was his plan all along, but uh, it was really cool to see her, um, you know, again, even though she didn't have a lot of screen time, she's so recognizable. Like I knew her, it wasn't just like any Wakandan, I, I knew it was her. So that was really cool. And I'm excited to see what happens next. Yeah, that's a really interesting point you you made, you know, maybe Bucky planned that all along. Um, I'll be excited to, to see what happens too. Um, but now we can, you know, give our maybe final predictions or final thoughts of this episode um we'll start with alex yeah any I'll, predictions going forward how many episodes is this total six six, six. 
six. Six. Six. Halfway there. We're in the halfway point. So honestly, like at this point, we we should start getting a lot of answers to like how everything's gonna end at this point. And I feel like our as far as any predictions might happen, we're gonna see. I think you kind of hit it on the head there, Slice. As far as like like Bucky has another alternative to not only you know use Baron Zemo, but to now serve justice and have that uh, because in um you know for him being the winter soldier you know zemo had an effect on him because he killed the king you know and now used him as a weapon and so i feel like in the very beginning when we saw him using the book to make amends like this is a way him of him making amends not only to what he did with zemo but to also make amends of giving them you know back the prisoner who killed the king so i think that that's what's going to happen with zemo here and and then as far as with, you know, Sam, obviously we're going to get more into, you know, whether or not he's going to be, you know, you know, worthy of the, of the shield. Honestly, I don't, I think if they're smart, I would wait until you give him the shield still. After everything we've, we've seen for three episodes already, halfway into the show, nothing to me shows and the way how Sam feels right now, how hard, you know, hard-headed he is about the, the shield. I don't, I don't see him wanting to just say, okay, I'm going to pick up the shield now. So I feel like we're going to, it's going to probably take some time, but you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what they're going to go for this next halfway point. Yeah. Celicia, any predictions going forward? There's a lot going on in this show. I mean, you have um, Walker, you have now Wakanda, Super Soldiers, Flag Smashers, Power Broker. (laughs) There's a lot going on. And so I'm, uh, I think in these next three episodes, I think they're going to simplify what the goal is for this show because they have introduced a lot of different elements. They can't do everything. That's just not going to work because it's too much. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see if they're going to bring in Ross. Um, I really hope they do. I think that would be really cool. Um, I heard one person like maybe he's president because he was like secretary of state and they were like, who became president after the blip, you know, because five years, you know, so somebody new obviously has to be president. So that'd be really cool to see if he was like really in control. Um, if he's partnering with the power broker, um, I really hope they bring that up. Like they actually show like, Oh yeah, this is the guy or the girl or whoever this is, this is power broker. Um, and we saw in the trailer that Sam and Bucky did get the shield. So I'm wondering if maybe that's gonna be like the final scene like wrapping up the whole shows, they have the shield and that's it. And then maybe we'll get a season two or something else, you know, it'll be incorporated into another movie. Um, but I don't think we're going to get all of our answers um, at the end, just because there's a lot of questions that we have, but I'm interested to see where they go. Yeah. Likewise, Jake predictions. Yeah. Just in the short term of this show, um, like Celicia was saying, yeah, I don't think it'll have too much of a definitive ending sort of like WandaVision didn't as well. Um, I feel like they'll use these shows, you know, to kind of set up their big movies and plot lines. Um, But I'm really interested to see Zemo moving forward. If they really are going to keep him going and kind of make him into a big bad in the Marvel universe. Um, I feel like that kind of could be the direction they're going, considering there's no like Avengers movies in this phase. uh, I feel like they could really be planning for something huge and maybe like a team up as well because of course we didn't end up seeing Mephisto in WandaVision. Zemo is a very big name in the comics as far as the most powerful villains and then as I'm sure you're wanting Dom there was 
I mean, kind of possibly like Dr. Doom references in there, which was kind of interesting. There was one part where Zemo asked Bucky and Sam if they visited the Sokovian Memorial, which was shown in the trailer for the show that Zemo visits. So I'll be really interested to see that scene. But he says that the country was ravaged by its neighbor after, you know, the whole kaboom whatever you want to call it the event <laughs> the events of age of ultron um but one interesting point that its neighboring country is latveria which is ruled by dr doom uh so i feel like that could be a huge thing because i mean i think we'd all love to see doom because uh, he's just so cool but yeah I, I really am hoping for that um in general but as far as this show i think they're really trying to make it similar to captain america the first avenger that movie uh in just kind of its similar tone and ways of doing things um there was an interesting part like we kind of talked about about zemo saying do you want a world full of red skulls um and you know red skull he has a lot of similarities i feel like to u.s agent that he wants the power he kind of wants to be like cap being a super soldier um and he definitely has that kind of fascist mentality and dictatorship and just abuse of his power that U.S. agent does. Um, and specifically that Dr. Nagel said that there was no more vials left that he produced because he produced good ones that didn't have any side effects or anything like that. He specifically says that nobody ended up disfigured or in a mech suit, which Power Broker is in a mech suit in the comics. But I kind of have a feeling possibly that U.S. agent might take some serum to gain his power, but he might end up disfigured like Red Skull. I think that would be really cool to see. Yeah, that'd be really interesting for sure. I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, I, I feel like Zemo kind of stole the show in, um, in a way here. Uh, I thought he did really good. I definitely want to see more from him. And like, you know, Marvel is, you know, regarded as just, being so great when it comes to their shows and their movies, but like uh, we've talked about this before, a lot of people would say that their biggest weakness is not really capitalizing or sticking the landing with their villains. And I, I thought he was one of the best villains in civil war, but of course we didn't really focus much on a villain because he was kind of like pulling the strings in the background. We were focused on, you know, what was going on with, with uh, cap and Tony, but, but now we're getting so much more from him and, and again, he, he just had like a really commanding presence in this. I think going forward, um, he can just really be a great villain and um, really interested in seeing what's going to happen with him. Again, I think that, you know, Sharon Carter could possibly um, either be working for the power broker or uh, indeed be the power broker herself. I think that'd be a really crazy spin. Um, so that'll be really cool to see whatever comes of that. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much all I've got. I think that pretty much wraps it up unless anyone has anything else. No, I think we so said it all. Excited. All right. <laughs> Halfway well, through. Well, hey, I mean, it's been fun. Alex and Celicia, you're welcome back anytime. And uh, before we go, do you, uh, you guys have any, you know, shout outs or plugs you want to do? I know you're, you're a Twitch guy, Alex. You got the sweater on, so you want to. Here you go. Very nice, follow, very my, nice. follow my sign. Leo the lion, Leo the three lion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you, watch, if you want to watch me finagle with different games. <laughs> and, follow, and comment, like, subscribe on this channel. This channel, you guys have been doing really well. So 
keep up no, the thanks, good work. man. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe it'll be fun if we have Jake take us out if you want to do our outro for us. Oh, am I up to it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, like Dom said, I appreciate having you guys on. Alex has always been a top tier guest when we've had him on, but nice to see you here oh, yeah. too, Celicia. Nice to meet you. you. And yeah, we'll definitely have you guys back again, um, either towards this show. We got so much going on. I mean, I'm sure we'll be all be watching Loki together as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So excited. De- definitely doing that. But yeah, uh, just nice to hang out with everybody, talk about this awesome show. Uh, and again, thanks for everybody for listening. Uh, like, subscribe. Check us out, YouTube, Spotify. We're all over the place. And stereo. Um, and stereo. Yeah, we do our shows. Stereo is usually Wednesday, 6 p.m. I'm trying to be on time for that. Uh, Dom's much more of the scheduling guy. He texts me <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I totally forgot about it. I'll hop on now. But yeah, check us out on that because that's actually been a lot of fun too, getting good support over there. But uh, yeah, we will be back Wednesday for stereo. And then we'll just be back again next Friday for episode four of falcon winter soldier looking forward to that as well uh but yeah that'll do it thank you all again thanks everybody for listening we'll see you guys next time see you guys